Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Welcome to 2022. And yes, we're going to make a fuss about it. <laughs> because it's, it's a good year. Amen? It's a good year. And uh, yeah, no matter, I always believe that if it's not good yet, it's not the end, it's not the result. The result is good. God always leads us to goodness. So yeah, never, never, if things are not favorable right now, just know it's well on its way, you know, so bambalela, a little bit, fast bait, there we go, Bridget, you got it, hold on a little bit. All right, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word, thank you, Lord, that you're here, thank you that your spirit is on me to preach today, and that your spirit is on us to hear what the word says. And that we will hear what, your, what, what you say, we'll hear what the Spirit says, it will fall on good ground, in our hearts will be receptive, and it will bear fruit, man, a hundredfold fruit, in Jesus' name, amen. So anyway, I hope you guys had a great vacation, holiday time, uh, for those who went to the sea, uh, hope you made us Valleys proud, hope you, you took those track track the tires down in the ocean and uh, anyways for the rest of us who who stayed here um, we we I stayed and we got into DIY you know everything Anya's been saying from this that I should start doing I started doing it and it feels like it should still be December yeah time flew yeah but anyways it's quite amazing, and I just think it's so significant, you know, Anya and myself, we drew some stuff that we wanted to do and wrote it down. Like, it doesn't matter what the money looks like. We just wrote everything down that we want to do. And it's quite amazing that if you just write them down, it will materialize. It comes into materialization eventually. And God always says, write the vision down. And uh, it doesn't matter. He never gives you, he never says, write the budget down. He never, it's never in the Bible that he ever says, you know, write the budget. He, he says, write the vision. I'm going to give you a vision. Most often, it's going to be something that you, it's going to require faith to do it. But anyways, we started, and it's amazing to see a drawing or a vision come to a piece of paper, come to something, and it can be something small, yeah, and it materializes. And um, when we closed the year last year, we said, hey, it's time to enlarge. It's time to make room for more. It's time to do stuff like that. And so these little actions are prophetic actions um, for more. How many guys know God wants more? He wants more. He's, he's, don't, uh, you know, as pastors, we often think, oh, no, God's not so much into numbers. And God wants to impact thousands. He wants all people to be saved. And so he's, he, that's what we're, we're in for that. We're, we're partnering with God's vision to see the world, the world saved. And uh, so we're going for more. Okay. How many of you guys know there's more? 
There is more. Um, when I went to India, there were some, some people that serve you all the, the best food. And then you eat it, and then they say, have some more. Have some more. And uh, that's what the Lord is like. Just more. Let's go for more. Let's go for more. So we're in for more. Amen. So I'm excited. It's, it's good to, to get excited about, about the year. So just some, some recap. Okay, well, might, maybe we must read. Let's start with Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 54. Remember, this word is for you. It's for you, and it's for your life. It's coming straight delivered. It's got your name on it. It's for your life. So make it yours. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. Shout for joy. Okay, remember that one. Shout for joy, O barren one. She who has not given birth, break forth into joyful shouting and rejoice. She has, uh, who has not gone into labor with child, for the spiritual sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. In other words, the, the sons of the spiritual will be more than the sons of the natural. There's a natural way and then there's the, the supernatural way or the spiritual way or the God's way. And uh, says the Lord. So carry on. Let's read on. Enlarge the site of your tent to make it room for more children. <laughs> Shane, say amen. <laughs> Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your, your pegs firm in the ground. Amen. This is all prophetic. We can read on. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will take possession of the nations and will inhabit deserted cities. Now, God's, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did yesterday, you will do today. What, I mean, everything that we see and we, and we read, we need to understand that God is the same. God does not change. The Lord doesn't change. His, his heart is nations. His heart is nations. His heart is people. And God wants to reach people. The last, the last while, for some reason, I don't know if it's all the rain, but we've been dreaming about an ark. <laughs> so, an ark. Maybe we must build an ark. No. But, um, and I dream about these arks and things, and the Lord's just saying, this was, he had mankind in mind. He wanted to save man. You know, he wanted to... And, and we're going to build a place where well, we are building a place that, that, is, that is for salvation, you know, for salvation. Yeah, we're not yet to maintain. We're not yet to entertain. Okay, some kind of entertainment to know and done. <laughs> but we're here to impact. We're here to change. We're here because we believe. We believe in the gospel. We believe that God, God still does wonders. Amen. So, so we are going to enlarge. We're going to, um, we're going to stretch out our reach and we're going to impact. We're going to go for the impact. Come on. And we get to do this. You get to be a part of this. You get to be a part of this. I, I love it. Now, the Lord, when he gives you a vision and he tells you, you know, um, for example, Abraham comes to Abraham in, we can read it maybe, Genesis chapter 15, Abraham, 
Abram, the first Abram. Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. I am your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. The King James will say, I am your reward. So Abraham says in verse 2, Lord, what can you give me since I'm going childless? And he who shall be the owner and the heir of my house is, is this, you know. Abraham continued, you have, you have given me no child. And I love how Abraham thinks because he's thinking generational. We need to think generational. I was blessed by that story of, I think it's butterflies that, that migrate from South America to North America somewhere, and it takes them four generations to get there. The, the first generation never sees it. I think it's amazing. But that fourth generation arrives at the destination. God is amazing how he, he, you think generational. And it all starts here with, with Abraham giving him a word. And Abraham says, but it doesn't help you give me anything, and I can't, it can't be carried over to my descendants. He said, and God said, man, you'll have a child. You'll have a son. Now, listen, when a word comes like that, it's not the same case like the word came to, to Mary. This, there was some kind of action that had to be, to, to, to be done. So God still requires action. Action from our part is faith in, in his word. You know, faith in his word. Actually, he gives you faith. But when you believe it and you trust him and you take action, that's when we can inherit the promises. Amen. We co-labor with him. We work with him. Works is not, is not a bad thing. Work is a good thing. But uh, we, need to, we need to see the vision. Amen. So he says, I am your reward. And he says, I will, who, who am I going to share this with? So I want to speak about, about faith. I remember last, last year, maybe some of you guys weren't here, but I must do it up here. So faith without works is dead. So that's what James says. So, and Paul writes, he says, but we walk by faith. So how do you walk? You don't walk like this, you know? If you just walk like this, you're not going to get anywhere. So that's why James says, faith without works. So you have faith works. Faith works. Don't say you just believe something and you don't act. Last year, we, we had a question. I said, how many believe that God heals the sick? That he still heals the sick. Everyone is like, yes. And I asked, when last did you lay your hands on someone that was sick? So if we don't put action to what we believe, we're never going to see. We have to act. God does require action. It doesn't, uh, I mean, believing in a sense is an action, but then we need to do something. Then we need to put, put some action behind it. You know, sometimes we're so mindful of the obligation to do things. Where the obligation is part of the, well, not the obligation, uh, the, the process, how do you say, the process is as much as a part of the result. You know, it's like, can we just skip the, the process to get to the result? And God is so much in the result 
as he is in the process. Amen? Right. Um, I just wrote this. Value the process. Value the process. You know? Don't over, overestimate the result and under, undervalue the process. God wants us to, to, to go for it. Amen. So, um, let's go to Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Romans 4. Hope you guys took December and you wrote your visions down. Hope you wrote out what you wanted to do. You know, if you didn't, it's not too late. You can go home and go write out the vision. Do it. Write it down. Romans 4. As it is written, I have verse 17, Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father, okay, in the sight of God. Okay, it's speaking about Abraham. Um, just a little interesting story. Just Isaiah 54 says, shout, rejoice, O barren one. What was Sarah, Sarah's name before she became Sarah? Sarai, uh-huh, Sarai. So the Lord added a, a H, Sarah. Say it, Sarah. What was Abram's name? Abram, what did the Lord add? Ha, so say ha, ha, <laughs> ha, ha. It says rejoice, O barren one. So God had such a great sense of humor that he added a ha, ha, and then they conceived. Rejoice, O barren one. That's why it's Abraham. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times you'll get a breakthrough experience just by getting some of the joy of the Lord. You know, rejoicing. The Bible says Jesus was a man who was, he had the oil of joy. He was happy. He was happy. You know, some, um, some people think that seriousness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not. It's not in there. You can go, look, it's not there. The more serious you are, the more spiritual you are. No, no, happy, happiness, joy is fruit of the Spirit. Amen. How did we get there? All right, let's, maybe let's read um, verse 16 uh, of Romans 4. Therefore, the promise is the outcome of faith and depends on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace. What? Read that again. Therefore, the promise depends entirely on faith in order that it may be given as an act of grace. By grace, by grace. No, by grace through faith. By grace through faith. Faith without works is dead. By grace through faith. So if you want to experience the grace of God, believe. Put faith in it. Once you put faith in it, how do you know that, that you believe? By acting out. By acting out. You know, and, and constantly doing it. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you, with regards to praying for the sick, if you prayed for someone and they didn't get healed, you acted. You did your part. Just keep it simple, you know. 
God said, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. That's all. He didn't say you have to, he said, put your hands on them, speak life over them and do that. That's your act of faith. Yes. And it works like that with anything else, with, with business and everything. You know, um, if there's a mountain in your way, you can speak. But another thing of action is, my goodness, take a spade and start digging. <laughs> Just put some action behind it. This mountain is going to move. David went to, giant, to a giant with a sling. You know, but there's still there's some action. All right, we're not getting through Romans 4, but we're, we're nearly there. Okay. Therefore, the promise is the outcome of faith and the depends entirely on faith in order that it may give it, be given as an act of grace to make stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants and not only the devotees of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Now, listen to that. This is the Lord. And how it works. Genesis 17, I think verse 5, if you can quickly go there. Genesis 17, verse 5. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. You ready? Um, quickly go to uh, um, uh, the King James. For a father of many nations, I have made thee. He has made you. And, and right there, was he the father of many nations? No. God stands at the end of your vision. He's there. At the end of your um, whatever, your life or your purpose, he's right there. And he speaks to you from that place. God speaks to you from that place. But if you're, for example, studying medicine or whatever, God stands at the end and he, he says, you're a doctor. Because he's there already. He's not going anywhere. He's there already. All right. So now this is extremely important. Lack of deep spiritual chunk of meat that I'm just about to give you. Okay. And I love this. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there is a time and a season and a purpose for everything under heaven. So God sets time in place and he puts it there. Where does he put it? Under heaven. So right now we are here gathered in a space of time under heaven. What's in heaven? Perfection. Everything is in heaven, okay, in one moment. I hope this makes sense. So there's no death in heaven. There is no, uh, everything is perfect. So there is a time and a season and a purpose for everything, okay, under heaven, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. But what is God's name? God's name is not I will be. His name is I am. And he says from this place in heaven, I have made you father of many nations. And he's standing in perfection and he sees the whole timeline and he sees everything before him. You are the father of many nations. You know, God sees your life today. 
And you know, you see in your moment of, of place, maybe it's unorganized somewhere and things are not in place. Maybe you're miserable. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with relationships. But God sees from perfection. He says, you are whole. God sees from perfection. It says, you are financially stable. You have more than enough. And if we can just hear that words and believe it and make our way and walk in that line, I'm telling you, that process, that word, how long, if it's instant or if it is, or if it is the journey, then it is like, you've got it. I want you to know, if you've got a word from God, man, you've got it. You've got it. If you just got the word, if you just hear that thing from God regarding your life, you've got it. You've got it. <laughs> so he says, I have made you the father of many nations. You know what? You're standing here. Us coming together is, a, is in itself a fruit of what God told Abram how many thousand years ago. Wow. God thinks generational. And we need to think in that same way. Come on. Proverbs says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Okay. Children's children. Amen. 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 All right. So, Romans. Oh, yeah. Let's read the rest of it. Um, I have made you the father of many nations. That's uh, verse 17. In the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So way before anything has come into fulfillment, he sees it, he speaks it, and it comes into fulfillment. You know, God made us in his image. God made us in his image the Bible says he, God created us in the image, but also he says, and the likeness. And the likeness. Image and the likeness. You know, sometimes people tell me, you look like your dad. And sometimes when I do something, they'll say, you just like your mom. Okay? So, we have his image and we have his likeness. That means if we are like him, we have the same kind of ability. Maybe we just don't understand certain things. There's a lot of, when things go bad in a, when devastations and things happen around the world, viruses or tornadoes or bad things, I wonder how much it has to do with people that are speaking it saying it, declaring it, you know, there's people that get a sense of edification, like, this, yes, there was another earthquake, so many people are dead, it's signs of the times, no, God wants something to change with the way we say things, the way we speak things, the way we, he wants us to realize that there is power in what we say and what we do. If we will understand this and we'll begin to apply certain things, you know, we, we want abracadabra words, you know, boom, house, house. We want that. No, God needs mature Christians that understand this is what I want to see. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to write it down. We're going to have it. 
and, and whether it takes time, a length of time, we will see it. Okay, so I want to speak about these two elements, faith and hope. Faith and hope. And how crucial and how important they are for us to, to have in our lives and, and what they are. Okay? So he says here in verse 18, okay, I, I got onto that point. Let me just finish my point about the bad things that happen. How often are the things that happen in our lives the result of what we've been saying, what we've been speaking, what we've been thinking? If we can make a change to these things, I'm telling you we will see change in our lives. Be conscious about what you're doing. Be conscious about what you're saying. You're still powerful even when you throw out loose words. You're still powerful. You're like God. Okay? You're like God. Even Jesus said you're God's. The, the Pharisees tore their clothes and said that's blasphemy. So he says, no, it's in the word, in the Psalms. The Psalm says you are God's. You are made in his image. Um. So what, what if we change it and we speak life? Amen? All right. Speak life. Um, all right. Yeah. Today, sometimes a prophet will get a dream about a tsunami, and a tsunami happens, and they say, yeah, I prophesied it would come. When Jesus was here, he stopped tsunamis. He stopped storms. Think about that. He stopped things. Jesus messed every funeral he went to. Every funeral that Jesus attended, he ruined it. We need to begin to think like him. He, he just didn't tolerate death. He had no toleration for, for death, for sickness. He didn't uh, give it a doctrine, as in no, an angel came to take that one. He, he was just so involved with life. And I, and I just think even if we don't see anything change, if we can just change our speech and what we believe and understand about, about God. So, verse 18. Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. Wow. Human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. Human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. How many of you are, are standing in a place of a complete contradiction of what the Lord has spoken over your life? How many of you guys are right now in this present time? Everything that you heard from God is the opposite of what you're seeing. Abraham, to the point of hope being gone, hoped in faith. In a place where it looked like there is zero progress, zero anything happening. And I think the next verse um, actually says, even though his body was as good as dead. Verse 19 says, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead. So when the Bible says it was as good as dead, it means that Abraham could have been six feet under and God would have still done it. <laughs> God would have still made it happen. 
And all that it just takes is that belief. And I can trust my circumstances. I can trust my bank account. I can trust um, my doctor's report. I can trust whatever. Or I can trust the Word of God. And it's my job to deliver that message to you. Because you might think, oh, Bruce, it's easier said than done. I know exactly it's, it's, it's easier said than done. But if we believe, it will, it, will, it will happen. If we trust the Lord, it will happen. If we apply the Word, it will happen. If I don't give up, if I don't faint, it will happen. It will and there's times where you need to, where we know that something can change in the now. And there's times where we know we just need to wait. It's going to happen. All right. So, um, just about done. So, this is like probably the, the most important part of the sermon. So, just prep yourself. Get into a, a, another receptive mode to hear. And that the Lord will just add something into to your heart. So, He says, Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations. Faith really comes from God. God will give you the faith that you need. I think of this this, um, Mark chapter 9. There's a story that's maybe misunderstood a lot. Maybe we can quickly read there, Mark, Mark chapter 9, Mark 9. Thank you, Lord. Let's read from verse 17, Mark 9, verse 17. One of the crowd replied to him, Teacher, I brought my son possessed with a spirit which makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams, comes out of his mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes stiff. I told your disciples to drive it out and they could not. He replied, Oh, unbelieving, faithless generation, bring him to me. Next verse. They brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it threw the boy into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has has this been happening to him? Since childhood. Now think about that. He's been in a situation where he's seen this, this child mute, can't speak, throws into fits. I would, I would imagine that that father did everything that he could for that boy or for that son to get him to be free from that. He took him to the disciples, and the disciples could not help either. Let's read on. Okay. The demon has often thrown him in both into the fire and in water, intending to kill, to kill him. But if you can do anything, Take pity on us and help us. Jesus said, you say to me if you can do anything. All things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. 
immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. Now, I, there's something about that prayer that what he says that brings me as a dad or anyone to, to a place of empathy and to understanding what that father meant by help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. He's been like this since he was a child. Help my unbelief. I, I've been to every doctor. No doctor is able to help me. Help my unbelief. I've, I've taken him to every church service. They've laid hands on, on him. Help my unbelief. I do believe. Lord, help my unbelief. I just think that's, I honestly believe that that is a prayer that Jesus honored. Because he knew, it's like open honest, Lord, I believe in you. I don't believe that he can get the miracle. Help me believe for that miracle. Help me put some faith in my heart again that will believe that all things are possible. Put the faith in my heart to believe that I can do this. Come on, guys. Where are the areas that you've given up on, that you said it is impossible, it cannot be done? Where are the areas, the dreams that you had that you just wrote off and says never going to happen? Maybe it's time to pray a prayer and say, Lord, help my unbelief. Come on, man. Come on. Let's, let's stir it up again and, and go for the promises of God. Go for it. Go for it. Like, my goodness, doesn't matter who said what. If, if we can get the word of God, speak it, declare it, write it down, speak it. Put some action in it. Get a shovel, dig a grave. Ach, dig a grave. Dig a graf. Dig a, uh, yeah. That, I don't know what language the Lord wants me to speak. Maybe we'll start trying Twana from next, next week. We're going to start doing the Twana services. Who knows? Oh, go for it. Huh? Come on. Oh, I love it. But you got the point, so I'm not going to complete the sentence. It was a powerful point. All right. All right, Mark 9. And then um, Romans 8, quickly, quickly, quickly. Romans 8, do Romans 8, and we're finishing Hebrews 11. And I just love that he says, Abraham hoped in faith. Abraham hoped in faith. It's an interesting combination of words because if you understand what, what the word hope means and the word faith is, um, we don't understand, the world doesn't understand what hope is. You know, we say, I hope so, as in 50-50. You know, the, the language of the Bible, hope is an anchor. Hope is, is guaranteed. Okay, that's what hope, hope is not a gamble. Hope, if you've got hope, you've got it. Okay, so he says here, verse 24, in this hope we were saved, but hope which is seen is not hope. Okay, hope which is seen is not hope. If you see something already, you, you, you don't have hope. Okay, so what the Lord is saying is there's going to be places in your lives where, where you are not going to see um, the, like visibly uh, moments in your life where you are not going to see the promise in this instant. But 
just because you don't see it doesn't mean you don't possess it, okay? Because he stands at the place of perfection and he speaks to your, um, he speaks to your, your place of perfection. So hope which is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees, okay? And then the next verse. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience and composure. You know, just think about what it means if you wait for something. Take the element of what we understand as hope as a gamble. You go to a restaurant and you wait for your steak. That's the same thing. You know it's coming. (laughs) You know it's coming. Sometimes you have to get the manager to make them, hey, hurry it up a bit. But the, the stake is on its way. That's hope. If I know 100% today that someone is coming around the corner to give me a brand new car, I will wait there the whole day because it's on its way. Hey? Yeah. You will bring a bribe. Yeah. And we will bribe. But we will wait for it. We won't move. Come on, God is a man of his word. If he said he would do it, he will do it. I laughed at oh, Jockey. I'm going to pick on Jockey. I laughed at Jockey because when Anya and I got married, we, we moved into a small flat. And, uh, and Jockey, for a couple of years, was like everywhere we went, we were always together. So it was like the same. He got the flat right next door to us. So we were like newlyweds, and then like 7 a.m. before he had to go and work, he would knock on the door. Hello, hello. And then Anya would be like, do you have um, for your coffee here? Yeah, yeah, I'll have some coffee. And then he would come in and we'd have. And then around dinner time, it would be the same thing. He would come home, and then there would be some extra food. And so Anya said, well, you want some food? And so, um, so you would end up eating. And, and Jock at that time said, you know what? I'm going to buy us a lamb, yeah, a scarp. No, I said scarp. I'm going to buy us a scarp. And one of these days, we're going to have a fridge full of scarp. Listen, guys, we, he kept on saying it. Ah, for years. We're like, Jog, why don't you call my scarf? <laughs> for years. Guys, Jock is a man of his word. <laughs> Last December, this December passed, he pitched up with a full flippant scarf. Filled our fridge. <laughs> Amen. I told Yvonne, Jock is a man of his word. The things that he says he'll do, he will do. <laughs> Might take you 14, 15 years or so, but he's going to do it. But I think, come on, if we know that God is a man of his word, the things that he spoke, it means that I, would, I, I won't move. That's why the Bible says that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. So that, that when, when the storms come, it can move you around a little bit, but it keeps you positioned where you have to be. And that's what hope does. But if we go to um, Hebrews um, chapter 11, and read verse 1, 
he says something different. Now faith is the assurance. Read it again. When faith, now faith. It's amazing. It doesn't start with faith is the assurance. In all the translations, he puts now faith. Now faith. It's like when faith kicks in, it's like, it's like if you think of an engine revving in neutral. But you put that thing in first. Bah, now faith. That's now faith. And he says, is the assurance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, uh, the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends this fact, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now faith, my translation, my amplifier says it nicer. Really, it's a different amplifier. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation the title deed of the things we hope for. Abraham hoped in faith. If I can just take some faith, put it into hope, <laughs> put it into the hope that I have, in the process of waiting, put action. It says, that faith is the evidence. If, if for example, dad says, I'm going to buy you a new bike. Yes. Dad's going to buy me a new bike, okay? I've got hope. Dad comes and he gives you 4,000 rand. Now I've got faith, okay? I'll say it again. Dad's going to buy you a bike, okay? Yes, I'm going to get that bike. Dad comes and gives you 4,000 rand. That's called faith. It's the evidence of things that you've hoped for. It's the evidence. It's the material things. It's bringing material into, into hope and saying, that's it. Now, faith, I'm going to go buy my bike. <laughs> now, faith. And we need to realize, it's amazing, when Jesus walked, the Bible says that he could see their faith. And because he saw their faith, he was able to say, pick up your bed, walk. It's something visible. And as a church, if we can just take our faith, put it into the mix <laughs> of hope, and it says, that's the mix that you want. No matter how it looks, we will see the promises of God. Even though my body may be as good as dead, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Come, let's, let's, uh, let's quickly read um, verse 11, Hebrews 11, verse 11. Because of faith. Sarah herself received physical power to receive a child. And even when she was long past the age for it, because she considered God who had given her the promise to be reliable and, and trustworthy and true to his word. Now, what's interesting about that story is that after this, there was a king that came and could have picked any girl in the world that he, for him. And he picked Sarah, an old woman. Yeah, she must be my girl. It's there. Something happened to her. I'm telling you, it's in the Bible. Like, what kind of king would, would do that? Something must have happened to her body. Something must have. The Lord brings a, a quickening. Anyways, you can go read that for homework. Then verse 12 in closing. So from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, there have sprung 
up descendants whose number is as the stars of heaven and as countless as the innumerable sands of the seashore. Because Abraham hoped in faith. Because Abraham believed that God would do what he said he would do. And you're a result. We're a result of that word. We're a result of that word. And look what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm 27 verse 13. And let's quickly read that. Psalm 27 verse 13, I think. Psalm 27 It's probably going to be. I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have given up if I didn't believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord. So come on, quicken. Paul writes, says, fan the flame. Stir up the gift that is in you. Requicken, reawaken those dreams, those desires in your, in your, in your heart. And say, Lord, come do, a, <laughs> come do a work in my heart. Amen. All right. So 2022 is not going to be a good year. It is a good year. Today is 2022. Okay, today, nothing is coming. Is there. The process is the blessing. The result is the blessing. You know, God is not taking you anywhere. He's there already. He's there. He's in perfection. He's in every time space of your lowest, of your highest. But what if we took God's word we ran with it. We took it, believed it, and ran with it. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go for it. Amen. Come, let's stand. Let us stand. If you want to clap, you can clap. If you want to. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you come and breathe your breath. You breathe life into our hearts, into our dreams, that you quicken um, those dreams, that you quicken uh, things that, that, that were alive, promises that we were running with um, in, our, in our hearts, that you'll quicken it, that you'll bring it to life, that we'll believe, that we'll run with a fire like, like we, we've never done before. Lord, help us be that generation that, that, that Peter writes about, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood that, that, that are going to declare and show forth the works of God. I thank you, Lord, that we are those people. We are a generation, a Christ generation, a Jesus generation with a Christ that lives and dwells inside of us. That, that, and as we move, that like what the Word says, that God will just ooze uh, these essence all around that people experience it. Lord, we speak life into our situations. We speak life into our city. We speak life into our careers. That everyone, anything that concerns us, your people, Lord, that you're concerned about. And so we speak life. And we are convinced, like David wrote it, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I declare over everyone, blessed from, from yeah, and blessed and healed and prosperous in every area, every facet, from the bottom of our feet to the top of our heads. Oh, I don't know if people want to be blessed on the top of their heads, but anyways. But blessed <laughs> and prosperous yeah. 
and full of hope and full of excitement and enthusiasm for life, for life. Young and old, doesn't matter who, we have vision and word from the Lord that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen, amen, amen. Be blessed. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Thank you.